Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks radio network. Here's Joe Brand. As we mentioned in the pregame show, it's never easy to leave Florida in November when you head back to the Midwest where there's less sunshine and less fantastic weather to just hang out in. But it's going to be 60 the next couple of days this upcoming week, and Blackhawks pull out two points out of a two-game road trip and nearly came away with at least a point against the Florida Panthers. They also come away with two fantastic performances by their young phenom of Connor Bedard. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show recapping a 4-3 loss to the Florida Panthers here on 720 WGN. We're taking you up to 3.30 this afternoon on this Sunday. Troy Murray's out at the Amaranth Bank Arena. He's been on the call with John Wideman tonight. We've been checking in with him during the pregame, during the intermissions. And, Troy, with each stoppage, we were talking about how well Florida had played in the first 40 minutes. But I don't know. I feel like the Blackhawks did a really good job of elevating their game, especially in that third period, really making a strong push and kind of putting Florida on their heels in that last 20 minutes. They did a better job. They outshot Florida. They outchanced them in the third period. But Florida very comfortable playing with the lead. And, you know, it really wasn't until the, the tail end of that when you had the extra attacker on the ice that uh, you really felt that, that pressure, sustained pressure, and just, you know, a, a hair away from uh, Tyler Johnson tying this game up with uh, basically one second no time on the clock. But they did battle. They battled hard. And, that you know, that it wouldn't, and you, you're disappointed in the loss. No question about that. Mother's trip ends on a, on a kind of a sour note, but the game was good. Uh, you know, you, you looked at so many things in this game, and Florida's a solid team. The, the the opportunity was there for the Blackhawks to maybe tie this one up. Were they better the team over sixty minutes? No. Are they are they deeper, as deep as as Florida? No. But boy, they gave Florida everything they they could handle in this game, and they finished off strong. So if you're Luke Richardson, I think you're pretty happy with the way they battled in this game and stuck with it. Well, let's talk about the reaction to this one because the most recent losses for the Hawks, there's been a lot of talk of either Luke Richardson not being satisfied or the veterans not being satisfied. Do you think today was one of those losses where you can still pull positives from in terms of what the Hawks have been working towards, the the little battles, the the playing with more structure, the the rookies doing what they need to be doing more? Was there more of that tonight, today at least? I thought you know the young guys on defense were excellent. You looked at Vlasic; he's just a, he's a beast out there. I love watching him play. He has come so far uh, in a year. And Korchinski, I thought, was excellent in this game. Great decisions with the puck. Uh, Wyatt Kaiser brings a lot of energy back there. You didn't see him as as much as the other guys on that third pairing, uh, kind of relying a little bit more on your top four on the defensive side of it. But you like the effort. You like what you saw from Connor Bedard, and that's the exciting part of it. You, you just you're seeing just a glimpse of what's going to happen here in the future. I, I think that in the first period, especially, you, you kind of put yourself in a bad position by turning pucks over inside your own zone, uh, having opportunities to get it out to make some plays. You didn't execute those, and then a couple times again in that first period, sloppy by not getting pucks in behind the the Florida Panthers defense. You, you weren't able to just sustain any momentum in that first period so it was kind of an uphill battle they chased the score all all game long but they responded every time until the last one so they did a good job so there is a lot of positives you can pull out of this we'll definitely be talking a lot about Connor Bedard in this post game show but Troy the next game for the Hawks on Thursday and then all of a sudden it's this stretch of 
basically a game every other day after only playing what four games in a span of two and a half weeks there's there's such a shift for the Hawks for this upcoming schedule what do you think the key is for them moving forward well you you know it, it it's kind of been hard at the beginning of the season to get into a rhythm played in some games tough travel maybe you're not practicing as much you got to give guys days off because they need the rest you're getting at four o'clock in the morning returning from denver returning from arizona now you're going to get into a little bit more of a rhythm playing every other day is okay because you have that opportunity to kind of refresh in between you know what the schedule is like um, the bad thing is is you're not going to have the practice time the quality practice time guys are going to get banged up maintenance days will be coming into effect here but i think that this week right now is going to be important for the Blackhawks probably I, you know one of these next three days before the game against Tampa they'll have the day off then because it's an afternoon game they're not going to get in too late so it's not going to be that tough of a travel schedule maybe they practice tomorrow maybe they give the option uh, to have or they have a day off but they're going to work on some things that they need to get done before they get into the stretch where you won't have the quality practice time that you've had here in the last little while. Well, sorry you got to leave the Sunshine State, Troy, but we'll be happy well, to have who, you back. Who said, who said I'm leaving? Whoa! <laughs> I, I don't have anywhere to be till Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. You can, you can find some time to kill down there, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, I just thought of that. Hey, hey, guys, I'm not going on the charter. <laughs> yeah, have, have a safe flight home, fellas. I'm, uh, I'm going to go whack a little white ball around the courses in, uh, in Florida for a little bit. You, you know who's here is ex-Blackhawks, uh, Dave Boland. Uh, he's waiting for me downstairs. I'm going to go say hello to him and he texted me yesterday morning he says hey are you in town i go yeah he says oh he says, and i had some plans yesterday to to meet up with some friends and they went on a nice boat ride down the intercoastal um but he said so that wasn't too bad but Bolin says hey next time you come here let's play some golf so hey maybe i'll just see what he's doing there i'll stay with him hang for him with a couple of days and go golfing play some golf with the rat with the rat <laughs> They were throwing some rats on the ice here at the end of the game, by the way. Yeah, they do that. That's that's one of the things that they do. Yeah, that, that started when I was playing with Avs in 96, the playoffs run that year, where we just happened to sweep Florida oh. in the Stanley Cup final. Just no big deal. No, I just thought I'd throw it in there. <laughs> All right, Troy, great stuff. Well, safe travels whenever you head out of there, okay? <laughs> yeah, I think I better go back with the team. <laughs> All right, we'll let you catch the bus then. All right, thanks, Joe. All right, Troy, that is Troy Murray. He's with John Weidman on the call down in Florida. Well, they had the call as this one comes to a close. 4-3 in favor of the Florida Panthers. The Hawks wrap up this road trip 1-1-0 after a win in Tampa Bay. They're unable to complete the series sweep against the Florida Panthers. They're done seeing Florida this year. But a really good two performances against the reigning Eastern Conference champions. I mean, remember just a week and a half ago, maybe a week ago, calendars are tough to read these days, a 5-2 winner over the Panthers at the United Center. That was definitely one of the more impressive wins for the Hawks. Today... Still impressive, obviously, with what Connor Bedard had to do. Still a great push towards the final 20 minutes, but you would like to see more of a full 60-minute effort. But like Troy said, still a lot of positives to pull from uh, the young defenseman, the late push that this team had. I thought it was a great third period. Now, it is different when... It's the Hawks being a little bit more desperate and Florida just maintaining a lead. Like Troy said, the Panthers are very good at holding a lead because they've got a lot of experience doing that. If you remember not too long ago, Mackenzie Entwistle was talking about, it was actually after the Panthers game, how how the Hawks had 
a lead over Florida at 4 nothing, and then all of a sudden the Panthers started to creep back, and Entwistle chopped up the Hawks' inexperienced playing with a lead. And I think that's what you saw from Florida today. And as John had mentioned, the Hawks nearly had a chance to tie up this game on the final play of it as the puck was just rolling past Tyler Johnson. If that puck is just a little bit closer to Tyler Johnson, he probably gets it past Sergei Bobrovsky, ties up this game, forces overtime, and we're talking about a really good road trip. But um, much like the Hawks' loss to New Jersey, I really don't think that this is one where the players should be upset about their performance. They took exception to that last Sunday against the Devils. I don't think that's the same case today. But again, you still want to improve after every loss. You want to pick apart what went wrong. And I think the first 40 minutes, there were just a lot of situations where Florida had the advantage, had the momentum. Um, didn't allow the Hawks to do many things offensively, and special teams played a big role in today's game as well. And, and I think the quick fix for this team in terms of special teams has just got to be be a little bit more disciplined. I know that doesn't solve power play issues right away, but we, we talked about how good Florida was in the PK today. Uh, let's see. The Hawks finished with one shot on goal and the man advantage. So in the Panthers' last two games with, I want to say, about almost six penalties, uh, six penalty kills, the Panthers have totaled one shot on goal to their opponents with their man advantage. So that's just how good Florida is on the PK at the moment. And if the Hawks can just stay out of the box a little bit more, then all of a sudden you're not facing a better team with the man advantage, which they were able to capitalize on twice tonight. Power play goal by Sam Reinhart in the first period. Carter Verhage with the game winner in the third period. Um, Some might say that the call on Jason Dickinson uh, on Kulikov may have been a little bit ticky-tack and allowed Florida to get that man advantage, but you don't want to pick apart games like that when the Hawks could have elevated their play in the first 40 minutes. But again, I'm impressed with this team's response on this road trip. Definitely took care of business in Tampa and now trying to uh, Still, they're still looking for those back-to-back wins, which they weren't able to nail down today. But again, very good team in Florida. The thing is, they got to face Tampa again next Thursday. And as we were talking with Troy, the schedule just gets so screwy because starting next Thursday, the Hawks basically have a game every other day for the rest of the month of November. It goes game day against Tampa, off day. Back-to-back games against Nashville and Buffalo, two off days. Game day, off day, game day, off day, and that continues for the rest of the week. So Troy seems to think that that can turn into a positive with the Hawks finding some rhythm, which they weren't able to get in the first couple of weeks this month of November. And even Luke Richardson was talking about that too. You just you work on so many things, it can get a little mundane. So you need that healthy competition. You need that actual competition against a team to uh, help set up yourself a little bit better and, and do things Uh, a little bit stronger, so hopefully that can work in the Hawks' favor once the schedule really gets going. We're taking this post-game show up to 3.30 on this Sunday afternoon. Always great to have some matinee hockey here on 720 WGN. And now Verhage flipping the puck into the Hawks zone along the near boards. Taken away by Jones. Ahead to Bedard. Breaking into the Panthers. On the left wing. Shoots. He scores! Connor Bedard with his second goal of the night. And that's his ninth on the season. 
Another multi-goal game for Connor Bedard. He's got him in back-to-back games here in Florida. The Sea Lake Plain in the Sunshine State, I guess. I guess so, too. Make it six points in two games for Connor Bedard down in the Sunshine State. A four-point night on Thursday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. He had three of them in the first period. And then a two-point night today against the Florida Panthers. He was on hat-trick watch for the second straight day. Unfortunately, unable to find that third goal. And once he does... Now I was able to put a nice little wager on our friends from FanDuel. They sponsor the pregame show for a Connor Bedard hat trick goal in his first twenty games. Positive payout of plus eight hundred. I don't think it's available anymore because we're obviously thirteen games in now. But nice little payout if he's able to get that hat trick. Time is winding down, and uh, if you haven't noticed, Leo Carlson actually picked up his first hat trick already as the number two overall pick for this last draft. But Connor Bedard now with. Nine goals on the season, 13 points, and he is, as John and Troy mentioned at the end of the broadcast, in top 10 in scoring in the NHL and leaders, the leader, I should say, among all rookies. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 3.30 today as the Hawks fall to the Florida Panthers 4-3, to but a lot of positives to pull from this one. I'd like to hear from you, 312-981-7200. You can call, you can text. We're uh, very open here on the post-game show. We take all thoughts and ideas, even if you are Tim from Urbana, who constantly just badgers about the team, even if they do have a lot of positives to pull from. But um, this was another solid performance by Connor Bedard, and I know we're on the radio here, but if you happen to see the two goals that he scored today, things of beauty. And I think one main thing to take away from it is the defensive play to set up the first goal. And we really didn't even get to salivate over the type of goal he set up against Tampa when he steals the puck from Kucherov in the neutral zone, feeds it to Nick Foligno, and then gets set up down the ice. His puck handling skills, what he's able to do with a loose puck, with a puck that's being held by the opposition, with the puck when it's on his stick, is really sensational, especially for an 18-year-old. The one thing that's going around like crazy on social media right now is the second goal that he had where he's able to dangle it around a defender and he's just kind of juggling the puck. Now, he brings it past the defender and then works his stick around the defenseman's stick and the puck is on edge on his last piece of contact of it to get it past Bobrovsky and score his second goal of the day. The zoomed-in video that we see that's, that's again, going on, uh, going around from Second City Hockey on Twitter, it looks like the puck is in midair. I mean, you almost think of the Marion Hossa goal where he's dropping the puck and just letting it fly. Apparently, and we're hoping to get sound from Connor Bedard and everyone else who talked in the locker room after this 4-3 loss, but apparently Connor Bedard didn't think that the puck was in the air when he made contact with it when he got it past Bobrovsky. The video, it's it's hard to tell. It's kind of, I think it's ultra zoomed in, so the quality isn't fantastic. But either way, the puck's on edge. And for him to just have that ability to make a clean contact with the puck. I mean, we, you know, we use, we use hard contact, solid contact, so much in the sport of baseball, right? That's the majority of that sport, ball to bat. Here in hockey, sometimes you just 
get a piece of the puck and you can still do damage with it because it can come in knuckling on the goaltender. But I just think it's his ability, again, his hand-eye, his stick-puck coordination that allows him to be in such control no matter what adversity he's faced with, whether it's the defense, whether it's the bouncing of the puck. He's just always in complete control. And we haven't even talked about his first goal today where he steals the puck from Stenlin, makes the short little move over towards Bobrovsky. And, I mean, I, I, I love to hear all the different breakdowns. And honestly, this is where Twitter comes in as a, a great resource as well, because everyone's got their opinion. And, you know, whether people just quote tweet it and say, oh my gosh, what, what a play. Oh my gosh, pray for the league. Oh my gosh, Connor Bedard. But everyone talks about a, a different quality of the goal. The steal is great. The quick execution is great. He's not even looking at Bobrovsky when he shoots that puck. And I forget where I heard it from, because again, I'm just trying to take all this in as it's happening in real time. But he creates this deception like he's going to pass the puck across the crease. So that's why Bobrovsky goes low, and he tries to cut off that angle. But Connor Bedard is shooting up, and he gets a top shelf, and a little sliver of an opening that finds the back of the net, ties up the game at two. And the Hawks did a really good job of slowing down the momentum of Florida in this game. They never fully turned the tables. They never fully got a hold of the game's momentum. But they had an answer for almost every goal for Florida today. And twice it was Connor Bedard making it happen. And we've done so much analysis over the past year and a half about what a solid 60 minutes can do to change the outcome of a game that the Hawks are in, what a good start can do to change the outcome of a game. That didn't happen today. The best period played by the Hawks was the third period. You know what changed the outcome of today's game nearly? Nearly turned it into a Hawks point at least. It was Connor Bedard, the 18-year-old, who's now leading the Hawks in goals and points in his first year in the NHL. 13 games into the season, again, 9 goals, 13 points. His ability, his success out there alone helped answer back to two goals to the Florida Panthers to keep the Hawks in this one. Let's hear from the 18-year-old Connor Bedard. Guys came agonizingly close to tying it at the end there. How, how, how tough is that to swallow? Yeah, it's really frustrating. Um, you know, I think obviously a big win in Tampa, and I think we want to want to start stringing them together. Obviously, we haven't won a two in a row, so um, you know it's frustrating whenever you lose. And uh, but I mean, I think they probably deserved it more than us, and we got you know um, we got our chances. And we were in the game, which is a good thing. And uh, but yeah, I just it's frustrating for sure. What did you see on that first goal? Um, yeah, I got four check from you know the Fliggy and, and Kirsch, obviously, and got the puck and saw he was kind of. Crouching down, maybe poke check, and just try to elevate it quick. So uh, it, was, it was a nice one. In. Did anything change for you this weekend? Uh, these last two games, where you're starting to see the game a little differently? Um, no, I mean I think you obviously get more used to it, and that's kind of my goal in in games is try to improve every game. And not saying get more points than I did the last game, but just feel more comfortable and feel like I can make more plays. And um, but I think that just kind of comes with time. And I'm, like I said, kind of trying to get more comfortable, but. I think there's been games maybe I could have had 
couple points and, and it didn't go, but uh, obviously it's nice to get on the score sheet. Would you say it's just happening happening naturally? Uh, I mean, hockey is kind of just a natural thing for all of us. Not natural, but we, we work so hard and um, you know, for me, I think that's kind of where my confidence comes from is, is how much time I put into this and um, you know, how much I've dedicated my life to it. So I think for me, it's just trying to go out there and and you know really be confident in myself and try to make plays but but smart plays what areas do you feel like you've make, made the biggest jump since game one like where do you feel like you've really kind of got some confidence uh, i think battles for sure um i think obviously you got to respect everyone in the league and uh it's guys you grew up watching but you know now that's guys i'm competing against so i don't want to go in there and, and not battle my hardest that's you know what i'm always going to do and but i mean today there's so many plays going, I'm going over my head right now that could have been better. and um, So I think now it's just try to try to improve there. It sounds like you're, uh, you're, you're going after the puck a little bit more aggressively, you know, getting on the four check. Is that something that Luke talked to you about? I think, um, yeah, maybe a little. Um, but I think that's just kind of something I said to myself is be more assertive and um, aggressive in that way. And, you know, I, of course I want the puck. And um, I think... Sometimes you gotta go get it, and um, I think even if I don't get the puck, then maybe that guy has to make a quicker play, and um, another guy can get the puck. So I think that's for goes for all of us is being hard on the forecheck or hard on guys. I think, but that's definitely a, a part of my game. And that second goal was, was the puck in the air. It kind of looked like it might have been on the replay when he hit it in, like the on puck the kind of bounced up. Yeah, yeah, on the shot. I got no clue. I think <laughs> uh, just off the ice, like. I don't. I don't really get the the question. I like, just. I was I just wondering it? if you knew, like, if if you could tell it was up in the air or something. Because when I shot it, yeah, um, I think it was on the ice, and then when I shot it, it went in the air. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's what you mean or uh, not. But yeah, I know uh, a lot of people waiting for that first hat trick. And, uh, I don't know if you're sticking that question, but uh, you're just kind of feeling like, oh, maybe this is the night. I don't know. Um, yeah, like I said last game, um, you're playing the game, you always want to score, you always go out there, you're trying to make something happen, and uh, obviously last two games I had two going into the third, but uh, it didn't, didn't happen, but um, of course you want, want a Hattie and uh, want to be put in the pocket in the net, but I mean, you're not forcing it or thinking, hey, I'm just trying to make the right, right hockey play. So you hear him talk about being more assertive on the puck, being harder on the forward check. Those are also, I don't want to say orders, but critical comments from Luke Richardson in the past. And he did them. He worked on that part of his game, and he already produced with it over the past couple of games. Um, And you hear from Connor Bedard saying that he doesn't think that that puck was on edge, or excuse me, off the ice. It was just on edge. So I'd imagine that'd be the case. But again, still very impressive what he's able to do. We got to recap more about this game. It won't just be oozing about Connor Bedard, but again, another very impressive performance by the 18-year-old Hawks fall to the Florida Panthers four to three today down in the Sunshine State. We're taking this post-game show up to three thirty today. Three thirty again today. Oh boy! Uh, again, if you'd like to talk better than me, call us three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred, or you could send us a text like this one from the eight one five area code. So proud to be a Hawks fan. They battled and almost tied it up. I love this coaching staff, and Bedard is for real, and the future is bright. Again, 312-981-7200 if you would like to chime in. We'll tell you who I thought was our player with the most heart, 
And uh, a little clue, it's not Connor Bedard when we come back. Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Panthers get the puck back. Stenland for the left wing board. Turns it over. Bernard in front. Shoots. He scores from an impossible angle about six inches above the goal line to the right of the net. Connor Bernard lifted the puck into the top shelf over the shoulder of Bobrovsky. That's his eighth goal on the season. And, folks, you're going to see this one on the highlight reels. We're tied at two. That was the first of two goals by Connor Bernard today. And one of three by the Blackhawks in the 4-3 loss to the Florida Panthers. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 3.30 this afternoon. Call us. Join us. Text us. 312-981-7200. Or you can chime at me at Twitter, at Joe underscore Brand1. By the way, Connor Bedard becomes the fourth Blackhawks rookie over the past 40 years to score multiple goals in consecutive games, and he's the first since Dominic Kubelik. Our player with the most heart is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top-ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. and World Report. We're going to give it to Nick Foligno because he did a great job of coming to defense of Connor Bedard after Dmitry Kulikov put a hard hit into Bedard against the boards. This is after Bedard scored a couple of goals. Uh, shrugged real hard into the glass, kind of skidded his chin and his face as he fell off, uh, fell down, maybe hit the shelf a little bit, but Bedard seemed to have been fine, played the rest of the game, played a lot in the third period. And we can honestly give our player with the most heart to either Nick Felino or Seth Jones. I do want to get into Seth Jones' numbers in a little bit, but just first on Felino, a guy that was brought in to help lead this team, help build good chemistry, good team camaraderie. That's evidence of it right there. Quickly coming to Bedard's aid, and, and I mean fearful, fierce, just pulling Dmitry Kulikov down, instantly getting in his face. And that's what you need from the older guys, the veteran guys, to just continue to provide these rookies that type of confidence. You love to see that from Nick Felino. He continues to do that basically every game, and he also chatted with the media. Let's hear from number 17. We got the third period push eventually there. Is, is it tough to come that close to tying it up? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, early on in the game, we probably didn't deserve to be tied, to be honest with you, with the way we played. So, um, But that's this league sometimes, too, right? You can't, not every game's perfect, and if you find yourself in a, in a game where you're 3-3 and, um, you know, have a chance in the third period, uh, you, you got to find a way, you know? We talked about that. It's a find-a-way league in here, and tonight, uh, they, they obviously did, and we had our push, and you know, sometimes it's too little, too late. It's too bad because we had some good looks at the end, but just couldn't couldn't solve them, obviously. But uh, you know, we can't can't play like that and expect to win. But when you're in those games where you are tied, you got to try and find a way to just make one good play or, or have one good period. And you know, the last ten minutes can't be it, right? Were you dis- what were you disappointed by in the overall play? I just think we we didn't execute right. We were just sloppy, and they they seemed to feed. They were obviously coming in feeling good about their game. You know, after we beat them in, in our rink, and uh, they came. And I think they had a couple wins since then, and um, you could see they, they were they were on their toes early. We just didn't seem to execute. We didn't seem to make the plays necessary in order to kind of get our game established until later. And uh, but then still, you know, some individual efforts, obviously by Connor and and some big goals at time get us back in the game, right? And, uh, and we're in that in that dogfight, so to speak. And it's just, uh, you know, we got to learn to win different ways, you know, and that's that's important for our group. And, um, you know, we got to find a way to, to solve that for the next game. Are you guys sometimes in all of the goals Connor scores? Oh, yeah, those are special. I mean, that, both of them are just great individual efforts. And, um, 
you know, that's what he does for you. When you have a player like that, I've played with a couple that we call them game breakers, right? They they either win you the game or they, they keep you in a game like tonight where maybe we didn't deserve that, but, you know, he, he's able to do it sometimes in, in the way he plays and his individual efforts and his abilities, right? And um, you appreciate that because uh, you don't want to bail you out every night, but those are the guys that can sometimes get you a win that, uh, that you maybe don't deserve. And I was hoping to, you know, hopefully he was going to get that third one, but, uh, you know, it's nice to see him rolling and feeling good about it. You can see the game is... It's starting to slow down for him, which is scary. Is you it, talked about uh, uh, picking the right time to defend Bedard, but you seem like you put a little extra in this one. To Sorry, say it again? I, I said you talked about uh, time, picking times to defend Bedard and Rice, getting the yeah. fights on his behalf. Yeah, I mean, you seem to put extra in this one. Well, it's... There are two goals he's got in the game, right? He's been a difference maker in the whole game, and I just didn't like the hit, and you can't let one of your best players get hit like that, right? So I think any guy would have jumped in there and done what we did, and, um, you know, we talked about that. It's it's that moment of the game, it was it was the time, and, you know, that, there's always those circumstances, and it was just it felt like the right thing to do, and I think any guy would do it. And again, that is why Nick Foligno's our player with the most heart, because he continues to bring that presence each and every game. I uh, did want to talk about Seth Jones. Time on ice tonight, 25 minutes and 37 seconds. No other Blackhawk had 20 minutes of ice time. Connor Bedard was close with 1948. He actually finished second in this one. Also, Bedard with four shots on goal. Uh, team leader was actually Taylor Radish. He had five shots on goal. But Seth Jones, four shots on goal as well. Four hits, uh, two blocked shots. You know, Seth Jones gets such a bad rap so often, and a lot of times fans are just looking at some of the the numbers that just stand alone. Those are numbers that stand alone and clearly work in his favor. I thought he had an excellent third period tonight as well. Seth Jones, as this team's top defenseman, again, often gets thrown through the, uh, the shredder, and fans are just so quickly to judge his game then you got to do it both ways and credit to when he has a solid game and a, a huge presence like he had in today's contest. Again, 25 minutes and 37 seconds on the ice, just very valuable uh, minutes and presence that this Blackhawks team benefits from. And again, that third period push was very strong. I thought Bedard, Seth Jones, uh, Philip Kurashev all looked really enforceful in that third period. The other thing about Bedard's physical game, I think we're starting to see more of is not only does he just have more confidence offensively and working with the puck, but just getting physical, whether it's on offense or defense or guys just kind of messing around with them. Matthew Kachuk getting in his face today and just trying to put a little bit more fear into Connor Bedard's head. And it it doesn't seem like it's happening. And again, I, I think you got to credit guys like Tenorti and Corey Perry and Nick Foligno for helping with that, but it's also just nice to see this 18-year-old not seeming too phased. And how about Nick Foligno saying, you're really starting to see the game slow down for him. In his 13th game as an 18-year-old, that's that's when you're seeing him start to really find his stride. He's picked up six points in his last six games. These last two contests have basically been what I thought we were going to be seeing for most of the season. The Hawks bringing a a hard-fought effort, staying close in games, but we're mainly talking about Bedard. And that's the other thing. These last two games have been against Florida and Tampa Bay. It's not like they've been against a couple of slumping opponents. It's it's not like these games have been against San Jose or or even Anaheim, even though the Ducks had a six-game winning streak recently. These are tough teams. 
and solid teams and teams that want to get revenge on the Hawks like Florida did today. And they did. They end up winning this one. And eventually the conversation is going to be about the Hawks finishing off wins. But right now it's, it's as Nick Foligno said, a find-a-way league. And for the most part, the Hawks put up a good effort. But what they lacked in the first 40 minutes, I think, played the difference in this one. And that's why they came up a goal short. We've got one more break to get to. We'll stay, still take your calls and texts. 312-981-7200. Breaking down this one is the Hawks' fall to the Florida Panthers 4-3. to And the Hawks' postgame show, 720 WGN. Back into the Hawks zone. Here's Barkoff. Had a stick lifted by Reese Johnson. Oh, ahead to Connor Bedard. And he's rammed into the boards from behind by Dmitry Kulikov, who is met by a whole host of Hawks. It's Nick Felino along with Reese Johnson, and several other Hawks are right into that fray. And Kulikov's teammates come to his defense. A little calling card now for Dmitry Kulikov, who has a little bit of a reputation for these types of hits. That was the play we were talking about, as called by John Weideman here on 720 WGN. Nick Felino continues to back up and defend. The rookies on this team, like many of the other enforcers have on this Hawks squad. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. Wrapping things up after a 4-3 loss to the Florida Panthers. The Hawks are off until Thursday. They're back home hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. They'll have three games in a span of four days starting on Thursday. They're in Nashville Saturday afternoon for a 1 o'clock puck drop down in the Music City. And then they're back home hosting the Buffalo Sabres on Sunday And again, starting Thursday, that's when that stretch of a game every other day starts to happen for this Hawks team. Luke Richardson chatted with the media. Let's hear from the head coach. Third period push came, but it came a little late, didn't it? Well, I thought we were going, we were probably pushed more in the second, I think, uh, responding, I think, a few times going in 3-3. You know, we were a lot happier than uh, after the first coming out 2-2. We we didn't like our start, uh, and I think it was more of them. I think they were harder and better, and um, we just let them be. It's not that we weren't trying or... Um, you know, we were sloppy. I think it was just letting them play a little bit on top of us, a little more physical, a little bit better pace. So I thought we corrected that in the second. And then uh, the third, you know, you're pushing uphill after that uh, power play goal by them. It's uh, it's a hard chase, but I thought we pushed right to the end and, and had a chance and an opportunity at the end. Um, so, you know, I mean, we our fight is there, but uh, I think just the execution on some plays and, and then just, you know, make, making sure we start the game uh, with, you know, like a bit of a burr. Like, we got to be a little bit harder to play against. What did you make of Bedard's performance again? Uh, good. You know, I think he was good. He was our, the only, our only guy, like, really looking to attack and shoot, especially in the second period there. We had some chances and hung on to the puck to, you know, look for another play instead of just shooting it with some speed. And I think, you know, obviously... He did it at the end of the at first on a bit of a forecheck, uh, and uh, on his goal in the second was we need more of that from uh, everybody. But he uh, he was good, you know, he was good tonight, and um, I thought uh, even at the end it was a it was a great opportunity, and it was in the right guy's hands. Lena was describing it as he's kind of a game breaker, where even if you're losing a scoring chance battle, he can convert a few and get you even on the scoreboard. Is that a nice weapon to have him, or even if maybe the team's not playing so well, he can keep you in it? Yeah, no, for sure. And then you know, as he gets more comfortable and we get more used to seeing that on certain nights, uh, we could maybe move him around and get other people going too. And uh, it's a, it's definitely something where I mentioned before he just doesn't seem 
satisfied just getting his one goal every night. He's he's looking for more, and um, that, that hopefully becomes contagious in our team. Uh, we got to push for a little bit more at times. Is it a strange thing to have an 18-year-old be the guy you're looking to to set the standard? Um, to have everyone follow? Yeah, I think you know he's just got some special qualities. So, you know what I mean? I think he's starting to find himself in this uh, league, and um, you know, I mean, I think guys are learning how to play with him as well. So uh, a little bit of both, but it's definitely, uh, I, I don't know if it's its very common, but it does happen. You know, I mean, over every so many years, there's a special player that gets here and uh, they can do it right away or they find their way really quickly. So uh, that's what we're seeing, I think, with Connor. What did you see on the Kulikov hit and then the response to it by Felino? Yeah, no problem. Nick's, uh, you know, um, response at all like i think that's team team mentality and we had a good kill uh you know it was a tough four minutes kill and i think that drains some guys sometimes but i think we 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 know that you put that extra effort in those kills to make sure that uh those responses are uh um you know i mean rewarded because you know i mean you know i don't i think uh, the hit I didn't really get a good look at it, but uh, obviously uh, it, it looked clean to the officials. So we have to uh, respond to that in our own way and uh, and face consequences, which we did. And, and I think we did a good job there. Luke Richardson chatting after the Hawks' 4-3 loss to the Florida Panthers. Hawks now move to 5-8-0 and after this loss. They're still looking for back-to-back wins on the year. And they will try to get back in the win column when they host Tampa Bay coming up on Thursday. Right point, Taylor Hall. He'll drag it to the right circle. Hall on his backhand, slips for Felino right circle. Cross ace Bedard, left circle. Shoot, score! Perry on the tip. That's four points for Bedard. That is Dave Michigan of Tampa Bay Radio, and that is the Hawks' most recent win. That was the most recent game-winning goal, too. The former Tampa Bay Lightning, Corey Perry, getting it passed and helping the Hawks win 5-3. The Tampa Bay Lightning are also now coming off a 4-0 shutout loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. That was yesterday at home. Tampa Bay 6-5-4 on the year. They're averaging more than four goals allowed in their last six games, and they're on a bit of a schneid. They've lost three out of their last four games. Um, They've also lost, let's see, four out of their last six contests. They will play the St. Louis Blues on Tuesday before they visit the Hawks at the United Center on Thursday, but they'll be looking for some redemption against the Hawks as well. Again, that's our next game preview, which is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. Blackhawks Hockey has been sponsored by Sitgo. When you start with Sitgo, you're good to go. United Airlines. Your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers. Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help we got here at the WGN Studios, our production crew of Patrick Hennessy, Jack Heinrich, and Alan Poppy. Led by our tireless engineer, Krista Flores, John Weideman and Troy Murray had the call out in Florida as the Hawks fall to the Panthers 4-3. to For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand. Again, our next broadcast is Thursday when the Hawks host Tampa. But we will have Blackhawks live tomorrow night starting at 7 o'clock. Would love to have you on with us here at 720 WGN.